to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. All right, we are back. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. And we have today my favorite of all co-hosts, or maybe I'm her co-host. We have yet to figure that out. In our couple decades worth of being married, actually a couple decades and now a half, right? We're working on 25 in 2015. Julie, did you realize right. that, by the way? I know. It's crazy. We've married 25 years. I mean, how, like, yeah. we're in California, we'd already be on, like, our fourth or fifth marriage. I know. We're doing good. <laughs> but, you know, seeing as how more than half of those were real estate years, it's more like 50 years, you know. That's right. Dog I always joke that I'm 177 year. in realtor years because when people That's ask right. me how old I am. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, for every year of coaching, if there's every one, you know, dog lives, you know, human year, one year, dog year, seven years, I bet for I human year, it, yeah, exactly. So we're actually older than 177 when you give us credit At for least. all the years. Then, then right. you add to the fact, Gossing. then you add to the fact that we've been coaching realtors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then right. it even gets worse that for us. That by itself. Right. I know. Right. Oh, hold on. The radio show's already started. Maybe we should Oh, wait a minute. Are we live? <laughs> All right, so today we are going to be picking up where we left off um, after the big rash of interviews I've done over the last mm-hmm. week or so. And Julie and I are going to be talking about probably what is one of our, I would say, 10 favorite topics. And the reason we like this topic is because it resonates, but it doesn't resonate with everybody. And I always think it's interesting, after we present this type of material, and Julie, you'll have to remind me where we are with this, after we mm-hmm. present this material, the people that it resonates with are only the ones that were uh, – they were the ones that were uh, almost on a spiritual level looking for this information. They have always had this intuitive feel or they've had this intuitive feel for some time that there was something that was holding them back from going to the next level. And not just in the real estate business, but it could have just really been anything in their lives. And once they sort of ingest this information, internalize this information, and then decide to take action on this information, that's when everything changes. So Julie, remind me where we were on our points. And we're, of course, talking about, guys, we, it, this is essentially a real estate version of the, the uh, four stages of learning or the levels of learning. Uh, originally, um, Abraham Maslow, for those of you who want to do additional research on this, can go online, do some Googling, and find out more information on Dr. Maslow as much as you'd like. The essence of the research was basically we all go through different phases. Uh, and what Julie and I have been able to identify, and I think we, have, we, searched, we took, again, Abraham Maslow's presentation, we spun it for the real estate industry so you guys can kind of have some fun with it, identifying where you are in terms of the levels of learning and what you maybe need to be focusing on in order to go to the next level. Uh, and I think we're, I know we're on the third level, but the thing that I really want you guys to be focusing on, paying attention to, um, is the fact that where all of us start when we're learning anything new is as what we uh, passionately call or we compassionately call, I should have said, uh, the mm-hmm. what was it, Julie? The first level. What do you? What is it called? Uh, the, I the knowing, know nothing. But right? the knowing, know not the know nothings. No, right. And then the knowing so, can dos, and then yes. Right. Basically, so the first re- level is you don't know what you don't know. The second level is the aha moment. There's stuff I don't know, and then the third level is what we're presenting today. Right. So just do a recap of the first two levels for them. Perfect. So the first level, and you guys. 
for some of you, you're in that first level some of the time. For most of you guys, you're in the second level. But the first level is categorized by, you know, it hasn't yet occurred to you that it might be an idea to use a prequalification script. And in fact, you don't even know that prequalification scripts exist. So it's possible to go throughout life thinking that winging it is normal, and that's just what we do in real estate. Until inevitably something happens, a catalyst hits you, and you know, here's how you guys would say it. I got burned by a buyer last week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, did you get burned or was it because you didn't take the time to educate them, have a buyer presentation, get them into buyer agency, pre-qualify them, and follow an actual professional system? That aha moment causes you to go to the second level where you know that because usually because of certain experiences, you know, a buyer decides to use somebody else or doesn't call you back anymore. You lose a listing that you thought you had in the bag. Um, any number of things happen where you go, huh, wonder how I could have prevented that. What do you mean well, there's so scripts let, out let, there? Let me interject something here. So a lot yeah. of you guys have been raised in real estate believing that getting less than half the listing appointments you go on is okay. Oh. It's not. Yeah. I, I no. realize that a lot of you guys have it in your head. If you go on 10 and you take five, you're doing great. You're doing that's terrible. That's, 50, that's 50%. That's absolutely a failure rate. So your mindset has to shift to realizing that, and this is getting back to that, you know, the epiphany that you have of realizing that you're at that first level that maybe you don't know as much as you think you know. Maybe there is an opportunity for you to learn. It's until you allow yourself the opening of that new information that you actually transcend to the next level. So start with the question of how many appointments have I gone on where I haven't taken the listing? And, you know, I know this industry, you guys are rationalizing why it didn't happen. Oh, they were not willing to price it right. Oh, they didn't have enough motivation. Oh, they listed it with their neighbor. Well, I didn't want it anyway, right. I mean, all these different sort of things that we tell ourselves to try to mask over the, our disappointment. And then, of course, you hang out with the other realtors, and we all talk about how evil the seller was to list from, with somebody else from another broker. You guys know what I'm talking about. So here's the reality of it. When you have a failure, that's normally when people, well, that's normally when people who are open to the idea that they're maybe at the very beginning stage of the you know, learning hierarchy – when you have that failure, use that as the, as Julie said, catalyst, or sometimes we call it the breakdown. So use that breakdown to have the breakthrough, and the breakthrough is, okay, so the first stage is not knowing that you don't know uh, anything, or maybe less harshly, not knowing that you don't know as much as you might think you do. The next phase is, after you've had that um, you know, reality hit you in the back of the head enough times, then it's saying, okay, I realize that there's some things I don't know, and I need some help. Many of you will never, most of you, I would say, and this is harsh, but it's true, most people, especially in the real estate business, won't ever get to that second level. And I'm going to give you some examples of people, and I know if they're listening, I'm going to catch hell for this, but I don't really care. Um, Inman's been publishing a number of articles lately featuring Julie and I, and it's been a really great compliment, you know, a nice ego stroke. It's fun. I'm reading some of the comments in the bottom that some of these people who have never been in any of our coaching programs or oh, any coaching right. programs at all, I assume, they're saying things like, why would an agent need motivation? Why would an agent need, why do you need this? I don't need that. I'm better than that. I am da 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 Those are the people that yeah. are firmly entrenched uh, in the first level. They don't realize what they don't know. And so they rationalize what they don't know by saying, I know enough. 
By saying you know enough, what you're saying is, A, obviously I'm not willing to learn, I'm not willing to change, but you're also saying, I am willing to accept complacency, I am willing to accept mediocrity, I am willing to never change to be exactly like I am. Okay, if you happen to be, um, let's say, for example, the Prince of Wales, or you happen to be Buddha, or you happen to be, you know, maybe even the Pope, maybe at that point in human existence, at that level, you can say, eh, you know what, I've done it, I'm okay, you know, I'm okay, I'm not going to have to worry too much anymore. But for the rest of us, we have to do a lot of evolving, we have to do constant challenging of whatever our dogma is, so we can transcend to that next level. And that next level, again, Julie, is called... Well, the next level is the aha level, where it is the uh, knowing – I can't re- remember the exact term because I only have today's notes in front of me. Uh, no the problem. knowing can do this today, the, that's level three. But basically, the second level is when you go, aha, this is the light bulb or the aha level, where you say, you know what, there's stuff out there that's going to make me better, faster, stronger, smarter, and more money. That's right. You mean there's real estate coaches out there, there's scripts out there, there's presentations out there. I got to get some of that. And it takes a special person to recognize that because it does require you to be introspective. You've got to say, you know what, maybe I don't know it all. And people that, that resist that, you know, oftentimes we'll hear something like, well, it's how I've always done it. So that's how I'm always going to do it, which is resisting change. So not everybody's ever going to get to this second level where you go, ah, okay, now I'm going to pursue this. And this is when you guys start looking around for coaches. You go to Inman.com. You go um, looking for something to improve your skills. Okay. So, and, so Julie, check your check yeah. check your chat and let me. So guys, here's also what happens: is that you guys will get then derailed by all the companies selling you leads. You guys will get get then screwed up by all the companies that are trying to sell you these silver bullet things. You see what happens is that's where, so you guys, you know, you make the right move. You say, okay, I'm ready to accept the fact that I don't know everything that I think I know. And then what happens is, and I mean this quite literally, you fall prey to some, you know, marginally effective thing, and you think it's going to solve all your problems. You don't do enough research. You don't do enough homework. Now, we're in the midst of writing like 20 questions for you guys to ask when you're considering hiring a real estate coach, and I'm going to tell you what the first question is, and I'm going to expect you guys to use these questions when you're interviewing us or you're interviewing anybody else. But the first question is, and these same questions apply to anything you really use in your business, is do they require a contract? You know, I, I'll tell you right now from the uh, – you know, Julie and I are obviously in the selling stuff to real estate agents business, right? And we don't have contracts. We don't have contracts on anything we sell. If you're not happy with the services we're providing, the products that you're receiving – that you don't have to pay for them. You can cancel at any time. Now, what is amazing to me, well, I shouldn't say amazing because I know why they do it, is we're the only ones in the industry that do that. Not just the coaching industry. All of our competitors will demand that you sign a six-month or a 12-month contract, but anybody selling anything to real estate agents are going to have a minimum six-month commitment that they're going to require out of you guys. Now, why do they do it that way? It's simple, so they can lock you down because after you've signed the contract, if you determine you know, after a month or two of paying them that it's not what you expected, you're locked down. You're in contract. And there's going to be some sort of onerous cancellation fee or even worse, this, as you guys are well aware, some of our competitors in the coaching business will actually sue you for the balance of whatever the coaching contract is. So if somebody is selling you a product that necessitates you signing a long-term one-sided contract, that in itself should be a red flag to you 
to know that you don't walk, you run from whomever it is that's trying to sell you the whatever. Because if they were selling something that they were truly confident in, doesn't it make sense that they wouldn't require that you sign a contract because the product itself would want to keep you loyal, would want to keep you from you know, leaving or wanting to quit? Makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, so there's going to be you know 19. There's going to be 19 other questions going to go along with that because again, when you've had the epiphany and when you've had the breakthrough or the breakdown and you're ready to go uh, to the next level, you absolutely are going to want to you know have your mind open. But you're going to some of you are making the mistake of signing up with some of these you know questionable companies or you're thinking well buying leads is going to be my problem. So the four stages, the stages that we talked about on our previous show are the clueless know-nothings, and then there's the knowing know-nothings. We just talked about that. And the third level, Miss Julie, is going to be the knowing can-dos. So let's jump right in. Yeah, so knowing can-dos, this is when you start actually applying some of the stuff you just discovered that you needed. You start using scripts. You start polishing your presentation. You're actually coachable. This is why we particularly love, we love all of our clients, but especially the ones in level three, the knowing can-dos, because you guys are the most coachable. Why is that? Because you're taking what we teach you and you're using it in the real world, so there's definitely a level of implementation happening here, and you're having a lot of victories that you were not having before. So some of you guys will never experience that, which makes me sad, but most of you will experience this in different parts of your business at different times of your business. Most people, for example, become very good with buyers before they become very good with listings. And a lot of agents never become good with listings because they're not willing to get to this third level, which we call the knowing can-dos, meaning you know you can do stuff, you've got better skills, and you're going to go out and prove it. Yeah. I mean, I was remember, I was thinking back, to, you know, I, we've had lots and lots, hundreds, if not thousands at this point, of realtors that have come to us who have only known how to work buyer sides. And buyer sides, guys, for the most part, are relatively easy because it's just a social relationship. But as Julie said, and I think this is a really great point, is that buyers are physical labor, and, you know, sellers are mental labor. Julie, what did you mean by that when you thought that quote up? <laughs> well, it was after talking to a, a client who had three or four really seemingly active, motivated buyers. And keep in mind, of course, that it is possible for all buyers to rent or do nothing, right, to stay what they're doing or do nothing. So really, there never is a super highly motivated buyer in the same way that a seller's motivated. Sellers have to sell in some cases. So it's it's physical labor. You're driving around. You're setting up showings. You're opening the lockbox. You're doing all these things. You're having to do market research. You might even be door knocking to find something in a certain neighborhood. It's a lot of physical labor. And if you have any question about that, ask yourself how much more exhausted you are after working with a buyer all day long than you are after, say, a one- to two-hour listing presentation that's over and done with. So buyers are more labor-intensive. Listings are much more mentally intense because you have to pre-qualify. You've got to present. You've got to handle objections. You've got to prepare, maybe even do some previewing. It's much more mentally intense, and this is why many agents, whether consciously or unconsciously, choose not to be great listing agents even though they know that the saying, you've got a list to last, is so true. And again, I've got to give you a, a quick analogy on this. You know, you guys have all had deals fall apart, unfortunately, or most of you have. Would you rather be on the listing side or the buyer side when a deal tanks? Which agent yeah. is more at risk? 
The buyer agent is always at more at risk because most of you don't use buyer agency contracts. Most of you don't do buyer presentations. And the buyer can just go do whatever they want. They didn't write you a check. They're not paying your commission. But the listing agent has a signed contract. That's not to say sellers can't act flaky occasionally too. But generally, you want to be on the listing end of things, and that takes more mental skill. That's why most people are in level three when they're working on being a listing agent. Well, there's a finer point to what Julie said, um, and it's that fact that buyers never have to buy. You know, we one of the first yeah. exercises. When they don't have to. Pet, right. I mean, you know, you guys all, a lot of our coaching clients, you know, long-term coaching clients, you guys know this like the back of your hand, but, you know, a seller if you ask yourself, would you rather have you know, 10 sellers or 10 buyers, all of you naturally will say sellers. But then the next layer to it is, okay, so what's the definition of a have-to-sell seller? This is a, a clarifying event for a lot of you if you've not really figured this out. Mm -hmm. But sellers, there's very defined reasons why a seller would have to sell. Relocation, bankruptcy, divorce. I mean, the list of reasons why someone has to dispose of a property is long. Now, you know, there's marginally motivated sellers. Maybe the house is too small and they want a bigger house and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you've looked back at the listings you've sold and you've looked back what their motivations were, every single time with no exceptions, well, maybe one exception, there'll be the, the, have, to, the have to sell sellers, you know, those, those reasons. that Something external was forcing the decision for them in essence. Now, the higher end sellers that you deal with, that have assets so they don't necessarily have to sell the house. They can just lease it because they have multiple properties and it's not a real financial burden or whatever. Obviously, those guys don't fit the characteristic or the mold, but for the rest of them, they do. Now, you look at the buyers, right? Give me a definition of a buyer that has to buy. Give me a buyer that – give me any example of a buyer. Okay, Tim, relocation buyer. They can rent. Okay, well, a buyer moving out of the house and you know they need another house. They can rent. A buyer moving – they can rent. They can rent. They can rent. And that's often what they'll do. You know, okay. Even if they don't qualify buyer, to rent, they can live with mom and dad or their own kids or in their own rental. Exactly. So when you go through down, you know, if you think about what would I rather have, sellers or buyers, and you realize, okay, I want sellers because at the end of the day, I'll have truly motivated clients. I'll have a better, you know, percent or better chance of receiving a paycheck. Then that is only going to happen when you focus on the listing side of the business. The buyer side of the business never has that same level of motivation as the seller. So conceptually, if you guys understand that, then there's no reason that any of you should have uh, you know, any sort of like questioning in your head about where should I be putting my efforts. My best efforts every day should be going towards learning how and taking listings. You're with me on that, I'm sure, right? That stuff, it sells itself. It's very clear. Now, the question is, is how many of you actually are ready to receive the information that maybe you've not known you didn't have in order to become a really powerful listing agent, going back to one of the first two levels? Some of you didn't know what you didn't know, and that very not knowing was what's led to you not taking listings. Get it? So all these things go level after level after level. Julie, you want to jump to the next level? <laughs> well, so before we do that, let's take a look. And I think on our future next radio show, we'll do level four. How do you know that you are a level three knowing can do? How do you know that? Well, here's some of the characteristics. Are you using prepared or maybe even canned you know, we teach you a canned but very polished and very different listing presentation. Are you using pre-prepared uh, scripts and presentations, yes or no? If your answer is no, you're not in level three. You're in a level one or a level two. Second question, are you practicing the skills necessary to learn and continue to grow, yes or no? If your answer is no, you're not level three. You still haven't had that light bulb go off. 
question number three, are you starting to see consistent cash flow? This is one of the most important things about level three coaching clients. Are you seeing consistent cash flow, taking and selling listings on a regular basis, not just a chunk of deals followed by a month of starvation, followed by a month of prospecting because you were starving and then a bunch of deals again? That's how level ones and twos live. But you're paycheck starting to, to see consistent cash flow. Right. Yeah, they live paycheck One's to paycheck or a, a deal at a time or maybe a couple of deals at a time. That's a stressful way to live. You guys are mostly clear on that. Uh, question number four, are you consi- constantly aware of the fact that you have a long way to go, but you're thrilled about the challenge opposed to scared of the changes necessary? What's your answer to that? Fifth question, are you setting aside fear and doubt and replacing those with action and effort? Yes or no? So level three, temp- level three actually is a fair amount of work because there's a lot of implementation at place. But there's well, starting to be use- results. Which is exciting. I'm going to use my I'm going to use my plane taking off analogy because I think mm-hmm. it works here. So here's mm-hmm. here's the visualization, okay? So let's pretend that you guys, you know, we're gonna we're going to the airport. Let's say we're looking out the window um, of an air at, at the airport, you know, and we're looking at a plane. The plane is sitting there, and think of all the things that have to happen before that plane actually gets to its destination. The plane has to be loaded with passengers, loaded with food, loaded with luggage. The people have to get on the plane. The plane then has to taxi out to the airport. Has to, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? So there's zillions and zillions of steps, but let's just try to break this down to four easy steps. And, and again, this is about also I'm tying in the concept of building momentum because momentum calm is, is hand-in-hand, goes in parallel with the stages of learning, right? So the first uh, stage of, of essentially plane flight is, like I said, loading the plane, passengers, luggage, food, whatnot. The second stage is going to be uh, clearing the runway, taking off, actually getting up to altitude. The third stage is going to be cruising once it's reached its 30,000 feet. And then the last stage, obviously, is going to be landing. So the concept that we have that we're trying to help you guys understand is the fact that all of us are at different stages of essentially a plane taking off at different points in our life about different things. So right now, you might be learning how to play chess or play the guitar. So you might be essentially in that just taking off stage. Or maybe you're just now realizing that maybe I need some external help. Maybe I need a coach to help me learn how to be a listing agent. You're also at that second stage. Or maybe you're sitting back saying, I've got it all sorted out. I don't need anybody's help. I'm happy selling my four houses a year. You're still at that first stage. You guys get the concept here? So going back to the jet taking off, the question is, is when does the jet use most of the fuel? Does it use the fuel when it's sitting there on the runway and it's essentially just basically loading the passengers and the baggage and whatnot? Of course not, because they're also loading the fuel. Does it use most of its fuel at takeoff or does it use most of its fuel at cruising or, or at landing? Well, of course it uses most of its fuel in that second stage as it, be, as it cruises up, you know, as it takes off, that's level two. Level three is the cruising stage, right? So that's where you're going to use most of your fuel. Once you reach that cruising altitude, you literally have the pilot will pull back on the throttle because it's burning less fuel. So as Julie just alluded to, you will use most of, most of the effort, most of the energy happens in that level two to level three transition phase because of the fact that's where it requires a lot of work. You know, this is how a lot of our coaching calls go because a lot of agents will join us not realizing that it's going to take discipline. It's going to take repetitious boredom. It's going to take doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. It's going to take a lot of uh, things that you're going to have to overcome in your head, or like we like to call it, moving things around in your attic, in essence, right? Moving some boxes around, 
throwing out some old stuff, you know, reorganizing. We have to help you uh, accept the fact that getting to that cruising altitude is where you want to be. Because when you get there, it's actually easier. Now, in the, with the plane analogy, obviously the plane eventually lands. But in your life, you don't ever have to land. You can always go, for example, from, say, 20,000 feet at cruising altitude. And let's say you want to you know, drill down and make more money. Well, we throttle back up again. We're going to have to put ourselves back into the stages of learning. We're going to have to figure out what we need to know in order to go to that next level. Maybe it's listing more houses. Maybe it's you know, better customer service. Maybe it's whatever. And then you throttle down again, and then you, you know, climb to a different altitude. That's how your business works. The idea that you can essentially give your credit card number to somebody and then all of a sudden everything's going to start raining on you is a fallacy. It's a gimmick. You're fooling yourself. And here we are about to sw- uh, switch into January. You guys are going to be inundated with all kinds of people trying to sell you all kinds of silver bullets. Just say no. Do yourself a favor and consider putting yourself on a do not call list. Julie, I'd really like to get through the fourth level. We do have time. Okay, so I'm going to have to switch screens here, so give me a second. On no that. problem. While I'm doing that, remember that stage three is a dangerous level. Why? Because it takes so much work, and if you don't have somebody holding you accountable, and if you're not following a schedule and going after this on purpose with intent, you can slide right back to where you used to be. So keep that in mind. And then I am at the autopilot level. That is number four. And that sounds like the most exciting level, but that can also be dangerous too because sometimes our grizzled veterans get a little bit lazy about that. So at that stage in the development, again, level four is the autopilot. You've come to a place that not many agents ever reach. And we do have some coaching clients that are here. The air is rarefied at this level. You have accomplished something that will allow you to transcend the very things that once required high levels of effort. You've internalized on a subconscious level most of what's necessary for you to continue on your path to the highest peak. Everything seems to be coming naturally. You don't have to think or overthink about what you're going to say, you're going to do. This happens when agents have internalized scripts, Tim. This happens when they don't have to say, oh, my God, where is my script? It's actually in their head, and it doesn't even sound like a script anymore. So whatever you say or do seems almost perfect, and there's not a situation that you can't handle effortlessly. People start to think you're a natural. Everything's to have, things, to happen, things seem to happen for you almost magically. So are you in autopilot? How do you know, Tim? Well, I mean, like Julie said, you'll, things that will come out of your mouth will come out of your mouth, and they'll be right. You'll say the right thing at the right time. It won't require you work. thinking. You won't, it'll work, right. You'll go on a listing presentation, and you'll just be all of a sudden showtime. You know, one of my coaching clients, a newer coaching client, he's taking acting classes, and he's learning how to, um, you know, he did this on his own, but I thought it was a great idea. He was somebody who's naturally introverted, you know, not, not necessarily a, what one would call a natural salesperson, but he's learning to put the different steps of, uh, you know, he's learning from acting and apply it directly to his real estate business. And I think that's brilliant. That's a great idea because really idea. what happens yeah. is when you've got your whole presentation down, the mental, visual uh, thing you should have in your head is walking on stage. Now, all of a sudden you guys are getting jittery because you don't like the, the idea of being on stage in front of a bunch of people might be your biggest fear. Well, don't let that derail your accepting of the concept that when you get to that that top level where it's basically you know what you know, you don't have to put much effort in what you're saying and how you're doing it. It just happens naturally. The challenge you're going to have at that point is not becoming complacent because what happens after that stage, 
stage, different people talk about different things. It depends on what you read. Sometimes people would call it enlightenment. Okay, there's that. But then the other thing that typically happens is people will totally and completely derail all the success that they built. That's what you typically see when you hear people, and it happens a lot in our industry, who have been really, really, really successful, and then all of a sudden they're not. All of a sudden they're bankrupt. All of a sudden they're doing all these other things that have been very harmful to their lives and their families. It's because of the fact they got to that point and they did not keep going to the next altitude. Remember I said we're cruising at 20,000. We decide oh, we want to get better, so we throttle down again. We go up to 30,000. Well, what these people do is they stop doing the very things that took them to get to 20,000 in the first place. They stop putting in the effort, and what happens to their plane, it starts tumbling back to the earth. So when you're at that top level, and there are a lot of you that are listening that are at that top level at different aspects of your life, different aspects of your business, You've got to keep yourself from falling into complacency because remember, our bodies, our minds, our souls, our spirits, our cells are designed to always evolve, always change. And if you, if you do anything to slow that down, if you allow yourself to be lulled into complacency, you won't keep what you have. You'll lose what you've got. And so by allowing that to happen, allowing yourself to be lulled into complacency, you're 100% setting yourself up for failure. So ask yourself in your mind, where are you truly at with, for example, on these different stages we presented to you over the last, I mean, this radio show and a previous one, where are you with your ability to list a house, your ability to call for sale by owner, your ability to call an expired, your ability and you know, effectiveness at calling a center of influence and past client? How about pre-qualifying? How about, I mean, the list of things that you can kind of run yourself down, the list of all the you know, different categories in which you can kind of rate yourself, you'll find, if you're being honest, that virtually all of them need improvement. And that is awesome because that tells you that even if you're successful now, that you can be a hell of a lot more successful. And the really cool thing is, as you get better, as you reach that highest level of learning, what happens is everything gets easy. It just really does. But again, don't be lulled into staying into the mindset that just because you're good and you know you're good, just because you can do what, you're, what you do without putting in any effort, that you don't have to improve because you do. Otherwise, you'll again, you'll tumble back down. Julie, I'm curious, from a musician's mm-hmm. standpoint, mm-hmm. when you study this stuff, and you and I have studied this stuff for basically the last couple decades, uh, you have to have your mind filled with examples from your musical perspective. Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, almost to the point where it'll sound a little like, really? <laughs> you know, almost cosmic or cheesy even. But, so, and, and I would say not just music, people who have been good at sports and have practiced and gotten good and had those experiences, other arts, I'd say arts, sports, um, some of my military clients have different experiences like this, but basically it comes from a lot of practice, a lot of experience, and then you have certain experiences where it's so completely unquestionably worth it. It's almost like I remember certain con- concerts where it's like time stood still. It's like almost like, uh, for, for you know, lack of a better term, almost like God is speaking through you because you were so in, you know, intensely and present. perfectly present. And, you know, that even though a lot of you guys are like, well, how could that happen in real estate? That can happen on listing presentations too. Because you've got it well, going on at such a level that you are connecting with that prospect, that seller, that homeowner. And that's when see, they Joy, walk away going, gosh, that was really special. That was, I mean, clearly that's who's going to help me. But go ahead. What we're talking about, we're talking about is the same thing they were talking about on 60 Minutes last Sunday. 
mindfulness. What we're talking about, and when you look at the stages of learning, there's a fifth stage where people call it transcendence, where people call it whatever you want to call it. Enlightenment. But that really is the spiritual thing that Julie just described. I but hope you see, the thing you, is, Tim, you can't just skip to it. Agents try all nope. the time to skip these stages, and you cannot just say, well, okay, you know, I took, some, I took a three-hour training. I got some CE credit. Now I am good. <laughs> you know, you can't do it like that. I'm sorry. You, I know, wish, Julie, you know, and part of coaching is trying to make it easier for you. So there are some, some things that we can shorten the learning curve, but you can't just skip level two and three. But the sad fact is a lot of these guys have never reached that level with anything in their lives. That's the that truth. Is the hardest ones to coach, too. Yeah. Right, because they don't—they've never touched it before. If you've touched that, I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, sometimes if you and I bring too much spirituality and religion and all that into our radio show, it turns people off. But frankly, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But bad. when you basically are, when you're basically ever able to align your intentions with your results, and you're able to do it at such a high level of competence, you really are calling in the powers of of God. I truly believe that. Um, you know, and that I hope you guys have all gotten to experience that at some point in your life. Maybe it's because you were a really great musician. Maybe it was because it just doesn't matter. I hope there is at least one thing that you've become really, really good at because the discipline of becoming really, really good at it, the learning how to become really, really good at it, that's actually the fun part. But then the payoff is when you do have those little epiphanies, those little transcendent moments. And that can happen in your real estate business too. And that has to happen in your real estate business if you're ever hoping to get to the highest level. See, it's interesting. Truly successful people, they understand what we're describing right now intuitively. And when we talk to somebody that's on that level, they'll understand. They'll like relate to it, but they can't verbalize it. They can only tell you about the feeling that they feel when they're in that zone. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You've Hopefully, if you've all either read about it, you've experienced it. So that's what coaching is all about. It's helping to pull out of you what you need to, frankly, get over in your head so you can live the fullest and best life that you possibly can. You know, coaching is about you. Coaching is about getting you in the mindset of helping other people and being of service. This is a, what we do for a living is a blessing and we love it. Um, and we do. And not all every coaching call and not every coaching client, you know, is a blessing. <laughs> Some of you guys are real challenges. But at the end of the day, we love the ability, uh, our ability, and we love, um, frankly, the opportunity to be of service to all of you. So if there's anything we can do for you, please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Hey, it's the turn of the year, guys. You know, if you don't have a coach yet, what are you going to do in 2015? I mean, seriously, this is time for you to take action. Uh, okay, so this is the sales aspect of today's, coach, today's radio show. Ready? And this is the truth. We're raising all of our prices January 1st in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, everything's going to be going up by a couple hundred bucks. And I would suspect by May or June, we're going to have a wait list for all of our classes. So do the smart thing and at least consider hiring us as your coach. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com or just go over to timandjulieharris.com and sign up for one of the coaching classes. Most of you should start in the advanced coaching program and then, you know, or the breakthrough coaching program. Skip, I would strongly encourage you guys to skip the lesser coaching programs and go right to one of those because then you have a private coaching opposed to self-directed coaching. So hopefully that makes sense. In the meantime, say today is Friday. We'll talk with you on Monday. Have a brilliant and blessed weekend. And um, hey, Merry Christmas.
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.